Hi, welcome to season three of the ACE Tip Podcast, where we translate science into sense, so you can learn about research in the justice and health fields without having to access or read lengthy journal articles or reports. I'm Danielle Rudes, your host, and I'll do most of the work for you. All you have to do is listen. ACEDIT is a cool and super helpful product brought to you by the Center for Advancing Correctional Excellence, ACE, at George Mason University in Virginia. For more information, check out jcoinctc.org. Now, let's get started. It's a new world. No use pretending it's not. How has your life changed since the start of COVID-19? Have you worked from home for the first time? Spent time with family and friends through a webcam? Have you had any medical appointments from the safety of your home? The COVID-19 pandemic has altered our way of life greatly. Across the world, people have had to adjust their day-to-day routines to protect themselves and others. These unexpected and sudden changes provide a rare glimpse into alternative ways of doing things. And some seem to be sticking around. Some workplaces have shifted to working from home permanently. And social events are being offered in a virtual forum, even as restrictions lift. So what about the other areas? Will things like telehealth stay the norm? Should it? This question impacts many, including those with opioid use disorder, or OUD. In their article, Medication Treatment for Opioid Use Disorder in the Age of COVID-19, Can New Regulations Modify the Opioid Cascade? Nunes and colleagues in 2021 offer a hopeful possibility. They explore the possibility of leveraging the creativity and public spiritedness of certain COVID responses to meet the needs of an increasingly vulnerable population. As COVID-19 developed into a serious public health crisis, different states and organizations, including the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, or SAMHSA, and the Drug Enforcement Administration, or DEA, loosened strict regulations on access to methadone and buprenorphine. In part, these organizations made these decisions because individuals with OUD are at higher risk of dying from COVID. Certain economic and health disparities increase the risk for both opioid use disorder and complications or death from COVID-19, like the inability to social distance and having limited access to health care. So, how did state regulations and federal organizations loosen restrictions to protect those with opioid use disorder and their practitioners? Strategies included loosening restrictions on take-home doses of methadone, allowing individuals to both begin and maintain the use of buprenorphine at home rather than in clinics, allowing practitioners to begin and maintain treatments with telemedicine rather than an office visit, allowing practitioners to conduct telehealth visits across state lines, and allowing physicians to prescribe buprenorphine to up to 30 individuals without going through the required additional training to obtain a special waiver. Many regulations around medications for opioid use disorder make accessing and maintaining treatment burdensome, and this impacts how many people successfully treat their opioid use disorder. The process of treating opioid use disorders is referred to as the treatment cascade of care. It starts at diagnosis, followed by linkage to care, then treatment initiation. Then a person must stay in treatment until they reach the recovery phase, which may include continued medication use. At each phase of the process, we lose people, with very few making it all the way to the end. 
Only a small fraction of individuals even begin medication-based treatment for their opioid use disorder, and an even smaller fraction of those continue treatment. This happens for many reasons, including the time and travel commitment of going to and from appointments, limited access to treatments, and the stigma of having a substance use disorder. So, will reducing the travel burden with virtual appointments increase the number of people making it all the way through the cascade of care? Past evidence shows this is a possibility. Both France and Canada loosened regulations of medications for opioid use disorders in the 1990s to address rising opioid-related deaths. In both France and Canada, there were increases in the number of people treated with medications for opioid use disorders and decreases in opioid-related deaths. So, if there are potential benefits, why hasn't access to treatment always been easy and why wouldn't it stay this way? Well, as the authors point out, there are also risks to taking medications for opioid use disorder. Methadone is full of agonists, which can lead to overdose if taken incorrectly. Buprenorphine can also be dangerous if taken with other drugs, particularly sedatives. There are also concerns about the illegal sale of these medications. So is loosening regulations wise? Will it inadvertently lead to more harm? What will the impact be? Researchers, this is where you come in. We are, right now, living through a large-scale natural experiment. As Nunes and colleagues suggest, researchers should look into questions like, how did telemedicine impact the initiation or maintenance of treatment? Who is more likely to do well with flexible treatment options? And how will this impact individuals of color who may face additional barriers to access? Specifically, Nunes and colleagues suggest the following questions. Among patients already enrolled in maintenance treatment with buprenorphine or methadone, what is the impact of remote telemedicine-based counseling, reduced pickup schedules, and reduced requirements for urine testing on the outcomes of retention in treatment, substance use, and risk of overdose and other complications? Will buprenorphine, available by telemedicine and less restricted methadone regimens, attract more people with OUD into treatment and lead to more sustained engagement with good outcomes and safety? Will more providers join the field, increasing the availability of MOUD? Are there patient treatment matching factors to distinguish patients who do well with flexible and remote treatment models versus those needing a traditional, structured approach? They note the need for observational, or comparative effectiveness studies to examine these questions. What we have here is an opportunity, not just to study the effects of regulation changes, but to rethink our philosophy towards systems of care for treating those with substance use disorders. Regulations around medications of opioid use disorder, while perhaps well-intentioned, are imbued with the stigma of opioid use. Creating barriers to access centers a concern for misuse rather than a concern for reaching the largest number of people possible. Low threshold models, which make access to medications easier, is part of a larger harm reduction strategy that centers patients and their needs. The question before us is how can we make dramatic gains on the opioid cascade? To what extent are the creative COVID practices helpful in making those gains? As our world continues to adapt to the COVID-19 pandemic, we must consider questions like these when defining our quote-unquote new normal. As the authors note, quote, we hope the COVID-19 pandemic 
can be an opportunity to inspire more physicians and other prescribers, policymakers, health systems, and communities to embrace the treatment of OUD with medications, finding creative solutions to make medications for opioid use disorder attractive and available, and meet the needs of an increasingly vulnerable population. Unquote. That wraps another episode of the Aced It podcast. We thank you for listening to Aced It, where we translate science into sense. Also, remember, you can find one-page summary overviews written in plain language for all the research we cover on this podcast on our website, www.jcoinctc.org. Our conveniently packaged research summaries may help you remember what you heard here and they will help you translate this research to your staff, friends, students, or colleagues. ACEDIT is part of the NIDA-funded Justice Community Opioid Innovation Network, or JCOIN, through the Coordination and Translation Center, CTC, housed at the Center for Advancing Correctional Excellence, ACE, at George Mason University. You can find ACEDIT on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, really anywhere that you'd normally find podcasts. Tune in again for more science and more sense with ACEDIT.